This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as the Indians continue their road trip in Cincinnati against the Reds. Day baseball both Saturday and Sunday. A 4-10 first pitch on Saturday and then a 1-10 to close out the series and the road swing for the Tribe on Sunday afternoon. Great to have you with us for Baseball Talk on the radio. A little bit later on in our show, we'll hear from James Harris. He's the Indians vice president of player development who's out in Goodyear, Arizona for minor league spring training. Usually that runs alongside the major league spring training, but in these COVID times, the uh, teams throughout baseball split their majors and minor leagues. So the minor leagues starting about a month later, and they are currently in spring training, and we'll get the update on that from James Harris later on in our show. We will also hear from Shane Bieber and Aaron Savali, two pitchers off to great starts for the Indians. And uh, we'll check in with both of them with uh, some good conversations. That's coming up later on in our show. But when we return after this short break, we'll take a look back at the week in review, a roller coaster ride it was for the Tribe this week in Chicago and Cincinnati. That's coming your way next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are intelligent. You make all the right decisions. You were smart before smart was cool, and you made it cool again. You have a wealth of knowledge, and you are so very clever. (laughs) I bet you already knew I was going to say that, you genius. There, don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you hear you could save big when you switch to progressive. But I'm pretty sure you already knew that, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Welcome back to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse back with you as we take a look at the week gone by for the Tribe. And on Monday night in Chicago, the Indians opening up a four-game series against a team that everyone throughout baseball is very high on to not only win the Central Division in the American League, but maybe, just maybe, make it to the World Series. Well, the White Sox played the Indians Monday night in the series opener in Chicago, and they win it in the bottom of the ninth inning in walk-off fashion 4-3. to So the Indians were looking for the bounce back on Tuesday night. 
And uh, what a pitching matchup, a premier pitching matchup early in the season. Cy Young Award winner Shane Bieber for the Indians. Lucas Giolito, a Cy Young contender, going for the White Sox. And those two, it was back and forth, and it really lived up to the hype. The pitch, swing and a miss, chased a breaking ball in the dirt. Perez digs it out, throws to first to complete the strikeout of Adam Eaton. That's the first strikeout for Shane Bieber tonight who averages 18 per nine innings. Now the 0-2, swing and a miss, fastball up, and Gamble is out in a hurry. Seven strikeouts for Giolito, and both he and Bieber are masters at changing eye level and being able to go up with certain pitches and also go up with fastballs, and the hitters on both sides tonight are completely overmatched. Bieber has just used everything tonight. Everything except really the changeup. He's thrown three pitches primarily. Fastball, slider, curveball. Now the windup and the one-two pitch. Swing and a miss. Got him with the hard stuff. Shane Bieber racks up strikeout number nine. And this incredible duel continues to the eighth. Nick Mandrigal hits the first pitch on the ground to short. He'll be thrown out by Jimenez. And again, another quick pitch inning for Shane Bieber. The game was still scoreless in the ninth inning, and Bieber was still out there for the try. Eaton at second, Abreu at first, two down in the ninth inning. No score. Bieber's ready. Here it comes. Swing and a miss. Chase the breaking ball in the dirt. Bieber will end his night with 11 strikeouts and nine shutout innings. We've got extra innings coming up. Indians and Sox, no score going to the 10th. Then in the top half of the 10th inning, Franmil Reyes was the runner starting at second base. He'd move over to third on a White Sox error, and that set the table for Roberto Perez. The lefty's ready. Here comes the pitch. Swung on, crowded towards the hole. Diving backhanded stop by Garcia, but he has no play. An infield hit. Reyes will score the go-ahead run, and the only run so far in this game. An RBI infield single by Roberto Perez into the hole. A backhanded stop by Leori Garcia, but he had no play. And the Indians have broken the deadlock and now have a chance to have a multiple run inning. And the Indians looking for a little insurance had Ahmed Rosario at the plate. Now the pitch. A swing and a line shot toward the gap in left center. It'll get down and it'll get to the warning track. Nailers in to score. Perez, he'll stop at third. And Ahmed Rosario with a huge pinch hit RBI double up the alley in left center, and the Indians now lead it two to nothing. Oh, what a huge hit for Ahmed Rosario off the bench. And in the bottom of the 10th inning, James Karinchak was on trying to complete the shutout. The payoff pitch. Swing and a high drive to right. Back goes Naylor, track, wall. Now comes in a step and makes the catch. Oh, be still, my beating heart. A drive that sent Naylor to the wall, and then he came in one step to grab it. Ball game.
The Indians in 10 have shut out the White Sox 2 to nothing. So what a night for the Indians, a 2 nothing victory. And again, we'll hear from Shane Bieber a little bit later on in our show today. Wednesday, completely different scenario after the thrilling Indians win on Tuesday night. The White Sox piled it on early, scoring six runs in the very first inning as Zach Plesak had a tough one, could not make it out of the first inning. But that proved to not be the story at all as this game developed. Carlos Rodon for the White Sox had a perfect game going into the ninth inning. And with one out, Roberto Perez stepped in. Rodon into the motion. Here it comes. Down and in a slider. Did it hit him in the back foot? He's limping like it did. It hit him! The perfect game is gone on a back foot slider that hit Perez in the foot. Oh, what a way to lose perfection. Roberto Perez hit on the toe of the back foot, and the perfect game is gone with a hit by pitch. On Carlos Rodon, won't sleep all night knowing he lost the perfect game on a slider. Wow. So that spoiled the perfecto attempt by Rodon, but nonetheless, still an historic night in Chicago. And here's Hammy with the call of the final out of Carlos Rodon's no-hitter. Perez at first, two down as he came back to strike out Yu Chang. Seven strikeouts, a hit batter, no hits allowed by Carlos Rodon. One pitch away from a no-hitter. The set and the payoff pitch to Luplo. A swing and a smash to third. Gobbled up by Moncada. Bobbles, recovers, throws to first. It's a no-hitter. And Carlos Rodon being mobbed at the pitcher's mound. A guy that over the last four seasons had missed the equivalent of three seasons with shoulder and elbow surgeries and has pitched the 20th no-hitter in Chicago White Sox history. They beat the Indians 8-0, one pitch away from perfection. A slider that hit the back foot of Roberto Perez with one down in the ninth, but the look on the face of Carlos Rodon says, you know what, I'm pretty doggone happy with a no-hitter as well he should be and the White Sox get a historical performance from Rodon one pitch away from perfection the final tonight Chicago 8 and Cleveland nothing after the game Rodon talked about what it was like after that final out was secured uh can't believe this is happening <laughs> that's kind of what what it was when did it become serious for you? I mean, and, and, and how much do you think about it when it's, you know, five innings perfect, six innings perfect, et cetera? You get, I mean, I guess after the third time through the top of the order and after facing Ramirez, a bat like that, getting him out, uh, I mean, that's where it kind of was like, all right, this is getting a little real. It, it was getting a little real. What was the camaraderie between you and, and Zach behind the plate? How did that work? Uh, you know, I play, I played against Zach in college. For, I think that's the first time he's, he's caught me in a, in a regular season game. It was obviously a special moment. 
<laughs> we hard to recreate that again, but that was good. We were on the same page. I, I don't think I shook at all. I just, whatever he put down, I was throwing. And, you know, he's, I mean, you can tell he's vastly improved uh, defensively catching. He can, he's always been able to hit, always. Um, but his game calling, his blocking, and his pitch framing, they've, they've grown quite a bit. You know, so much you've been through, the, the, the injuries. Uh, you were non-tendered four months ago. Um, what does it mean to, to be at this point after some of those things that you went through and that I know have affected you, uh, you know, well? It's a, it's a pretty special moment. Not many people can say they've, they've thrown a hitter, a no-hitter in, in Major League Baseball. We've always, we always talk about it, it seems like, uh, any interview with, with, with all you guys, normal people here. And so he's like, oh, there's been some up and downs. And, you know, what's it like to go through that and go through some adversity? And it just feels good to finally sit here and tell you uh, I dominated today. And it was, it felt good. I've never really done that. I've never done it on this level, at least. And it feels good to say I, I did it. And Roberto Perez shared his thoughts on the no-hit night in Chicago. No, I, mean, I, I thought he had a really good um, stuff tonight, you know. Um, for some reason, I was, I was, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been seeing the ball really good. Um, against him, you know, he's throwing that, you know, he was throwing 98, 99 mile per hour fastballs today. Um, he got us, you know, off balance and he had really good stuff tonight. It was his night tonight. Did he ask you? Did that slider hit his back, your back, your toe when you were going? Yeah, yeah. He asked me. He asked me. You know, I, I, to be honest, I, I really didn't think he had a perfect game until I got hit. Um, I thought he had a no hitter going on, um, but I really didn't think he had a perfect game. So uh, it's hard, man. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna try to stand there and take, you know, get hit. You know, um, especially after a night like tonight uh, that it was cold. You know. Um, I, you know, but that's just part of the game. Um, that's, that's, that's all I can say. So some history on Wednesday night in Chicago, the 20th no hitter for the White Sox as they are second in all of baseball behind only the Dodgers who have tossed 26 no hitters. So Thursday, how would the Indians react to a tough one the night before? Well, the White Sox jumped out to a one nothing lead with a run in the first inning but there was a little drama to go along with that. Now the pitch, a swing and a smash on the ground into right. Anderson hits second. He's on his way to third. Throw there, and he's in sliding. Throw to second, and it is out at second on Adam Eaton. Now shoves Andres Jimenez, the shortstop, getting between them is Cesar Hernandez, and Adam Eaton now is going to have to deal with the entire Indians infield. The benches have cleared. Eaton evidently didn't like the tag that Jimenez put on him as he tried to go first to second on the throw from the right fielder, Josh Naylor. Eaton got up being chippy as always and shoved Jimenez in the chest. I don't know how Adam Eaton doesn't get thrown out of the ball game for that action alone. Things would calm down and Aaron Savali would settle in on the mound for the tribe. Moncada now with Five RBIs on this season. The pitch to him. Swung on. Ground ball right side. Nice pickup by Bowers. Turns. Takes it to the bag in time for the out. Side retired and Savali stays sharp. Now Lance Lynn had shut the Indians offense down through five. But in the sixth, the tribe broke through thanks to a great at-bat from Jose Ramirez. 
Now the payoff. Swing and a high drive. This is hit a ton. Deep right. Eaton track. Wall. Gone! A two-run home run to right. And Jose Ramirez with two down in the sixth has put the Indians on top two to one. Well, you got to credit Lynn. He just stuck with the fastball, kept challenging Ramirez. And Ramirez that time, a little more under control with his swing and launches a two-out, two-run homer to right. And the Indians now lead it by a score of two to one here in the sixth inning. After being no-hitted last night, the Indians finally get on the board as Lynn gives up his first runs in 2021 in this his third start. And then Savali was back to work in the sixth. Now the pitch to Robert, a swing and a jam job, popped him up into shallow center. The second baseman, Hernandez, makes the catch. Boy, what a job by Aaron Savali. He has given the Indians six superb innings here today. And for the first time, he has a 1-2-3 inning. The Indians added a run in the seventh on a ground out by Andres Jimenez and another in the eighth inning thanks to a White Sox error. So in the ninth, it was Emmanuel Classe on to try and close it out. Classe's pitch. Swung on, lifted high in the air, deep left center. Gamble back in front of the track, makes the catch. Ball game. So Classe gets the save, and the Indians get out of Chicago with a split in the four-game series. Tremendous pitching by Aaron Savali, the tribe bullpen, but the big hit and the turning point of this whole series was the two-out, two-strike homer by Jose Ramirez in the sixth when it looked like the Indians might get shut out again. Instead, the Indians are a winner, 4-1. to one. Not sure how they did it, but the Indians got out of Chicago with a series split as they were opportunistic in games two and four of that series. Friday night, the series opener in Cincinnati, a 10-3 loss to the Reds, who scored seven runs in the third inning, and that proved to be the difference on a tough night for Indian starting pitcher Logan Allen. That's your look back at the Week in Review. When we return, we'll hear from Shane Bieber and Aaron Savali, two starting pitchers for the Indians who have been terrific in the early season. That's coming your way next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Jim Rosenhouse back with you on Tribe Talk. Indians in Cincinnati for a series with the Reds this weekend. 4-10 first pitch on Saturday, 1-10 first pitch on Sunday. Shane Bieber's off to a tremendous start this season for the Indians, and he really cemented that with a tremendous effort on Tuesday night in Chicago. Nine innings, 11 strikeouts, shutout baseball, and he got his first win of the year when the Indians scored two runs in the 10th inning to win that ball game 2-0. We had a chance to visit with Shane Bieber the next day, and he said a lot of work this offseason went into becoming even better, and he says he can't be more pleased with some of the adjustments he made and how the season has begun. Um, yeah, definitely. It's not like I was going into the offseason, you know, trying to 
reinvent my entire game, but saw some subtle fixes that, you know, could potentially help me um, just throughout my career, really. And and a couple of those were just trying to go deeper into ball games and be more aggressive in the zone and um, establish the strike zone with, you know, multiple breaking balls, not just my curveball. And so adding that kind of new revamp slider has uh, been been helpful thus far. Um, and, and fortunately, we had both of them kind of working for us yesterday, and that's, um, you know, how it ended up playing out. And for fans who watch the game, they, they see these breaking balls and hitters swinging at pitches in the dirt. What is the subtle difference that that, that slider does for you to, to help you along with, with some of the goals you're trying to achieve? Yeah. Um, honestly, when I watch it back on TV, I think both of my breaking balls look really similar. Um, and, and I've talked to uh, you know, all my catchers about it. And, and when I'm throwing them and I get the, the, the catcher's feedback as well, they're definitely two separate pitches, but uh, for whatever reason, just from the camera angle, they look very, very similar. One just might be a couple miles an hour uh, MPH harder. Um, but yeah, I think the slider is, is uh, like I said, a little bit more velocity on it. Um, it's staying straighter for a little bit longer, and it's it's moving definitely more horizontally than my curveball does. My curveball is pretty much north-south. So uh, when I'm able to have both of those working and, and changing directions like that, um, it's it's probably going to be a good thing. The game itself last night, you're matched up with Lucas Giolito, and going in, it, it seemed like a great pitching matchup, and it turned out to be. Can you appreciate that when, when you're in it, when you see the other guy doing so well as well? No doubt. Um, hats off to him. He, I feel like every time uh, we face off, it's a, it's a big game, it's a close game, um, and we both throw pretty well. So uh, he, he threw extremely well, uh, and that was fun. It was just a fun game to be a part of, to be honest, in all facets of it. And it, it was a great memory, and I know it's only April, but uh, it felt like a lot more and, and kind of felt like a sort of an instant classic. And you showed that emotion coming off the mound after the ninth inning with a big strikeout. And is that because of, of all those things you just said? Because normally you're pretty stoic when you come off the mound, but uh, that that certainly seemed to indicate there was a little more on the line. Uh, yeah, and just, you know, a 0-0 ball game going into the ninth. Um, and that was really the, obviously the biggest inning there. They had a chance to win it. And um, I found myself in a situation where I had to execute some pitches and and felt comfortable going to the breaking ball there. And, you know, if I was going to go down, I was going to go down with the bread and butter. And, and fortunately that didn't happen, but, um, yeah, it was a big situation and, uh, we could feel all the energy, you know, building up throughout the game and, uh, to let that go towards the dugout a little bit, uh, you know, it felt good. And that's kind of just clean in the moment. And sometimes it takes a little while every season for a team to kind of find its identity and, and get comfortable with each other. A lot of new faces this year, but it seems like it's coming together in a hurry for this ball club. And are you enjoying this group of, of players, even with all the changes? Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think that's something we kind of touched on in spring training, really exciting group and excited to see how, uh, you know, we carry our spring training over into the regular season. And and thus far, it's it's been fun, man. It's been fun trying to find our, identity um and i feel like we still obviously got some ways to go it's a very long season and we're going to face some adversity uh at, at points throughout the season so it's a matter of how we react to that and uh, as a group and and how we come together so i'm confident we'll be able to do that well and uh you know it's definitely been fun you know at the beginning here well nice stepping stone last night to be sure nice going last night shane thanks i appreciate it rosie thank you that's tribe ace and cy young award winner shane bieber 
But trying to match him step-for-step early in the season has been Aaron Savali. He has pitched into the eighth inning in each of his last two starts, and he talked about the importance of working deep into games every time out. Coming into the year, obviously the goal is to pretend like last year isn't going to affect this year. So I think coming in and going uh, deep into games early is definitely a, a point of emphasis for the offseason work. And, I mean, you see that with all the starters right now. It's, uh, it's, I'm sure it's frustrating for some guys out in the bullpen, but a lot of them have had some time off, and it's because of the work that the starters put in in the offseason. And at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be – it's all going to even out. But I think uh, having, having the confidence that we do as a staff um, – the bullpen knowing that we're going to give it our all and then whenever whenever it's time for us to come out they're going to go in there and, and do the same thing so I think there's a lot of confidence flowing around the flowing around the staff right now and you're able to to do this early in the season after making some what seemed to be significant adjustments during the off season, and at times during the spring you didn't get the results which I know spring training is not about that but uh, was there any apprehension at various points in time as you started to put that into play that uh, maybe you'd gone too far or, or done some things that, that took away from what you normally do? No. Um, I think the reasons behind the changes were, were enough for me to be fully committed to it and trust that if there was some failure, I, I knew that I would be able to work through it. Um, obviously, it can be scary to to think about results and see uh, not immediate feedback, but at the end of the day, I knew the move is, moves uh, were, were for the right reason and went about it the right way and communicated with, with the staff here and throughout the whole offseason. Um, Technology is awesome. Wouldn't have been able to really do that probably five, ten years ago. But I think uh, just trusting the process and having confidence in why we made the move uh, allowed me to just feel comfortable going through daily work. So what's clicked in that, that you've noticed in these first two starts that may be directly related to, to some of the things that you did? Um, I mean, I, I think it comes down to just focus on each pitch. I'm not thinking about any physical changes anymore. Um, the, the time has been put in, and the comfortability is there. So at this point, it's just trusting the game plan, and whoever's back there, Babo or Hedgy, I've thrown to both of them so far, um, and we've been on the same page both times. So think it's it's nice to just go out there and not have to think about what the what the stuff is going to do that day um it's just which uh if one one pitch is better than the other or if I have them I mean that's the beauty of having six if if one is off then there's other options um but at, at the end of the day it's just going out there and competing when you look at Saturday night's game uh the, the offense really clicked in five home runs you're you're locked in on your game. Are you able to enjoy that while that's going on? No doubt. Um, it's it's fun. I mean, when when I'm in between innings, obviously I'm coming back down from from the previous inning uh, of work, and I'm trying to get as much in between inning rest as I can. But when I'm in there, it's kind of just me being a fan. Um, I get to watch our guys do that, and it's super fun to be a part of, um, even when I'm pitching. So go down in between, do. Uh, a few things down below um, just to kind of reset and then head back up into the dugout and it's it's fun to be part of a team that's that's playing the way we are Um, like I said about the staff confidence flowing I see it with with everyone right now and it's fun to be a part of this and I know you're supposed to stay in the moment but but nights like Saturday night get get you thinking about what could happen here if if uh, that becomes a a regular thing no doubt Um, I think it's 
baseball has always been it's always a contagious sport so one guy does something it's it usually rubs off um, I think that's how our staff has been for the past uh, however many years but hitting's the same way um, just need those we, we started out the season maybe on paper pretty slow but there's been hard hit balls all year and some of them are just finding the right areas right now and I think I think we're moving in the right direction and have been moving in the right direction for a while well, Aaron, nice going on, on Saturday night, about as good as it gets, and uh, you're off to a nice start. Thank you for coming by. Thanks. Appreciate it for having me. That's Aaron Savali, who really has a good start to his season going, and interesting to see how long he can keep that going as he continues to make those good adjustments when the hitters do have some success against him. Well, stay tuned. When we come back for our final segment of Tribe Talk, James Harris, Indians Vice President of Player Development, will join us, and we'll check in on spring training for the minor leaguers out in Goodyear, Arizona. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. The thing about comparing rates at Progressive.com is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about comparing rates at Progressive.com. We probably don't even need the words comparing rates anymore to remind you that seasoning stakes at Progressive.com is an easy way to save on car insurance or that swimming in trousers helps you find the lowest rate. And that's the thing about foraging for truffles. You've heard a lot of ads about standing tiptoe on a cinder block. Compare rates and <clears throat> sing softly to a wounded field mouse and save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Jim Rosenhouse back with you on Tribe Talk for our final segment as uh, the Indians are in Cincinnati this weekend, and we hope you can join us for Tribe Baseball on Saturday afternoon at 4.10, the afternoon at 1.10. James Harris is the Indians' vice president of player development, and that was especially challenging in the last calendar year with no minor league baseball and really some challenges to develop players at key points in their careers throughout the 2020 year. But this year, Things are starting to return to normal, and that means spring training for the minor leaguers, albeit a month later than normal, as their season won't start until the first week of May. But when we caught up with James out in Goodyear, Arizona, earlier this week, he says he's happy to have that farm report back after the last season's hiatus on that, and he says there's a lot going on right now to keep him busy at Indians Complex. Absolutely, Rosie, uh, and and. First, you and I haven't talked in a while, so I'm excited for that in addition to the 120 players that we have down here preparing for the season. And we were talking earlier, uh, that's a lot of players obviously in the system, and for many of them, the summer of 2020, at least playing games-wise, was a lost year. So uh, what does it look like right now for so many players who it's been a while since they've been in that good competitive situation? Yeah, I mean, if, if a player didn't go to the alternate side or if he wasn't one of the 50 players that we had in what we call the fall season, there's a lot, probably about 70 to 80% of the players in camp now that hasn't played a meaningful game since 2019. Have you noticed uh, some things, either good or bad, because of that, that, that have been especially challenging for some of these young guys? I think the good is the excitement, the smile, the pep in their step. Like, people do not take the game for granted. So even the just the work out on the fields in, in anticipation for the games has been at a really high level. And then when we've had the limited games that we've had here in spring training, it's been amazing, like the attention to detail. Of, and you can see the guys, the work the guys have done, 
whether that be physical work on their bodies because being away from the game, you can do that, or just maturity levels as 16-year-olds become 18-year-olds and 17-year-olds become 19-year-olds. Um, yeah, the, the maturity has, has definitely changed. And in this time of, of downtime due to the pandemic, there, there's been a draft, there's been free agent signings. How many of these players are you getting eyes on for the first time? A majority of them. <laughs> so, and even even the players that we've had um, for a couple of years in our system, it feels like you're getting to know them for the first time because they've made adjustments over the time. They've changed phys- physically. So it's a brand new camp for us. It feels like the NFL combine where you walk in and you don't really know anyone and you're trying to see what these guys look like. Um, and that's exactly what it was going out on the field. We have an idea of what it's supposed to look like, but it's getting to know all these guys all over again. We saw protocols and, and certain things in place during Major League Spring training. Uh, what's the setup like out in Goodyear now for the minor league camp with, with that many players around? It's very similar. It's it's being socially distanced. It's wearing a mask. It's testing twice a week. It's smaller groups, spread out lockers. Um, it's the full protocols. But, you know, Rosie, that's, that's the cost of doing business. If you would have asked us uh, if we would do this just to play last year, I think every one of us would have signed up to do it. And now it's the cost of doing business. So we're, we're doing it with a masked smile on our face. James Harris joining us, Indian's vice president of player development. Uh, minor league baseball has changed since the last time uh, that we were talking about a season back in 2019 and, and discussing the various levels. The, the affiliates are the same. For the Indians, but explain how it's different in terms of placing players and, and what you're dealing with now, minor league baseball 2021. Yeah, there's a lot of things that have changed. Not only the protocols changed, but um, before when Lynchburg was was high A, now Lake County will be our high A team and Lynchburg will be our low A team. We have four full season clubs. Uh, we no longer have Mahoning Valley. So we have four full season clubs that we'll be breaking for at the end of this month. And that'll be Lynchburg at low A, Lake County at high A, Akron at double A, Columbus at triple A. Um, and the roster sizes have, have expanded as well. So there's quite a few changes um, ahead of us in the next month. And w- with some of the, the changes in levels, uh, specifically Lynchburg and Lake County, and, and maybe to some extent for, for Columbus and, and Akron at double A, I know there were several reasons for the reshuffling do you see an impact in terms of travel conditions and just the ability for players to be in a, in a really good environment because of these changes? And if so, what are those changes that will help? Yeah, I, I think with the changes, the games are more regional. So with them being more regional, there's a consistent Monday off day. That Monday is also a travel day. So players get more rest, um, better health and safety for them, better conditions for the players. Um, and hopefully that translates to better development and better baseball, but it's also the right thing to do. You mentioned the four full season teams. Uh, how about below that players maybe just drafted or just signed? I know you used to have a Mahoning Valley, two teams, uh, I think three teams, maybe the last time out in Arizona, uh, Dominican summer league, things like that. Are those still in play? maybe in a different format for the youngest players in the system. Yeah, so we still have our two academies. One is in Arizona. One is in, in the Dominican Republic. In Arizona, we'll play at least one team, but we'll have about 60 players. We're still trying to work through the format of what that'll look like, but we'll, we'll get those guys as many game opportunities as, as we can. 
And then the, in the DR, we'll have two teams, about 75 players, and that'll look very similar to what it's looked like in the past. And in closing, and, and you kind of touched on it early, uh, just seeing players back playing the game. And, and I know you mentioned you have some games this afternoon or a game this afternoon and then three tomorrow. Uh, what's that been like, not only for yourself, but but the coaches, managers, and then the players coming in? What's that enthusiasm that you see out there? So number one, I'm really excited for the players. Uh, just imagine going your entire life. It's your dream to be a professional baseball player and that be put on hold for a little bit over a year. Um, just empathize with them during that that process. But now we're returning back to the field and to see the smiles on their face, the energy, the, them to be able to pick up on their dreams. And then with our staffs, their their goals are to help help the player. So it just it just feels like a great energy is on the field. And when you step between the lines, you you sometimes you kind of forget about the pandemic for just a little bit. And I think that's what our, our country needed, and it's definitely what our game needed. So it's excited to get out there and watch them play. That's well, great stuff. We'll get to the specific names once the, the season begins about players who are making great progress and some good things happening. But uh, great to get some perspective on what's going on out in Goodyear as uh, it's happening at the major league level. The season is underway, and, and I know a lot of preparations going on for the minor league season too. And, James, great to hear from you again, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon, I'm sure. That's great. Thanks for having me. That's James Harris, Indians Vice President of player development and that's going to do it for this week's edition of tribe talk as always thanks to brian matze for helping to put together our show each week until next week when we join you once again this is jim rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to tribe talk presented by progressive on the cleveland clinic indians radio network plenty of room on the indians bandwagon on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.